The Arizona Veterinary Technician Association needs you. This week, we're going to talk with the technician who helped start the Arizona Veterinary Technician Association and why you should get involved with your professional organizations. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine and viewfinders. Many of us go about our days identifying things that we'd like to make better, but very few of us actually take action to make it better. Well, this week, we're going to talk about a person who did make it better. In fact, she started the Arizona Veterinary Technician Association. We need your help to join because this is how you make change. And before we get into that discussion about making change, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, these are some of my favorite podcasts because we get to highlight people that are making positive changes out there. And, you know, we talk about every week, hey, this is what you should do, or these are steps you can take. And I know that most people don't. Well, this person did, and I can't wait to introduce her. That's exactly right. This week, we're talking to Stephanie Perry. She is the brand spanking shiny new president of the brand shiny spanking new Arizona Vet Tech Association. And I mean, some might say I'm a big fan of vet techs and uh, organized veterinary technicians. And so this lady right here has got my interest because she is running a brand new tech association that is going to help advocate for vet techs in Arizona. Stephanie, I'm rolling out the red carpet. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about you and like where this came from and how you got to this point before we get to hear everything about your new association. Absolutely. Um, So I have been a technician for about 18 years. Um, I'm a CVT in Arizona. And in 2020, I achieved my VTS in dentistry. Um, And honestly, what happened was I started to see other VTS that were making positive change. We're using that opportunity to kind of branch out to NAFTA and um, other organizations that advocated for vet techs. Um, so I just tried to, you know, grow up to be like him. Um, right. I uh, volunteered to be the state representative for Arizona for NAFTA, and I started participating in my district meetings, um, which was a fantastic group of people. And they encouraged me immediately when they realized how it was set up in Arizona and just the fact that there wasn't an association just for CVTs. Um, So I ran into some like-minded people, the right people connected me with others that were excited about it. Um, And I, I got encouraged by the right people at the right time. Um, So that's how it started. (laughs) Yeah, Stephanie, again, that's what I want to start with. I, it's shocking to me that in 2022, there was not an, a veterinary technician association in Arizona. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I, like, what? <laughs> How did that happen? Who forgot? So there is the, the veter, Veterinary Medical Association does right? have communities for each part of the team, basically. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah, a technician yeah. that, community. Count, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, so right. I, was, I, I volunteered to be a co-chair in that organization as well. And, you know, they do great things for sure. the team members in Arizona. And, it, and it's great, but I realized that it wasn't concentrating on CVTs and it didn't bring value to being a CVT. And in general, Arizona still doesn't have title protection like many other many other states. So I realized pretty quickly that if there was going to be a push forward, like 
it, how it's in, in vet med everywhere, how everybody's trying to just come out of this funk that we're in and move forward, I realized that there wasn't representation for CVTs in Arizona. So this is, you know, kind of one of the most essential things, right, is we have to have a voice. We have to have a voice at the table and um, we have to have representation and including title protection. It's crazy, you know, for me to think that there are states that still don't have um, title protection and that you guys are out there kind of just now organizing. But it's it's one of those things like, okay, that's the past. So what's the future look like for you guys in this sense? Like when you organized, what were the major goals of your tech association? Well, I think the first was to to make a team out of us, right? Because there was no platform for CBT specifically to even make plans or have goals like that. So my president-elect, I say my, our president-elect, Jennifer Serling, she's been fantastic and she has a lot of the same goals in that she knows eventually we need to to push for legislative change and have title protection. And we know that's not going to happen tomorrow, (laughs) but we had to start somewhere and we know that that it's not going to happen right away. Is that Jennifer Sterling, Assistant Director of App State Vet Tech Program? Yes, it sure is. The one and only. She is uh, brilliant, wonderful, also suffering from one of the worst cases of COVID I've ever heard in my life right now. So let's shout out and feel better. And thank you for all you're doing because um, she's she's kind of changing lives on both coasts. <laughs> you're not joking. And listen, <laughs> Stephanie, the intersections don't stop there. My daughter, I have a daughter at App State. And of course, this is a new program there. Fantastic. Wow, what a small world. Right. Okay, so so you guys are sitting there in Arizona, which I've got to point out, Viewfinders, is not a small state. It's the 14th largest state in population in the United States. And they're going, hey, we're not being represented. So how did you guys like how did you start, right? I mean, okay, so you saw something out there. A lot of people see things out there, but how did you take those first steps and what were those first steps? Well, like I said, I just happened to be connected with the right people at the right time. Uh, Jennifer and I and another fantastic technician, Katie, um, she also kind of, it was just the three of us for the longest time. Uh, We would meet about once a month and talk about you know, how this was going to look eventually. Um, and we worked together towards way more steps and way more things <laughs> that I had to just figure out as I went, um, incorporating us and, you know, registering as a not-for-profit in Arizona, all those steps that, you know, I'm like, oh, Vet Tech Association, I can do this. And then <laughs> all these things There's, that I had to learn how to do. Right, right. Um, and the three of us just kind of dragged it through months and months of, okay, we need to do this first, this first, this first. And then we we started a Facebook group and started to get people to join that with, in Arizona, you know, technicians that were excited about that. Um, and we just put out a call for board members and call for committee members and people just started to volunteer. Um, and now we have a fantastic board. Everybody is super nice and has brought so much to the table, each of us individually. For instance, Joseph had connected me with Becky that, you know, I have this friend, she does this amazing podcast. Can you just go appear there so that we can get our name out there? Yeah, Um, and Joseph gets credit for that. I want to interrupt just because he came to AVMA to my breakfast lecture. That's Joseph Miranda. So he's going to get a shout out here too. It was a seven o'clock lecture. This is what? 
four o'clock in the morning for him. <laughs> for him and yeah. uh, he got up at that time just to come see me, which resulted in this podcast. So we don't want to miss that. But but uh, Stephanie, I know I interrupted you. You had people coming out of the woodwork is what I hear. And it's like so hard to get people involved if for most, like that's yeah. where it's so hard. You had tons of people stepping up here. Is that what I understand? We did. And it just kind of spoke to how much it was needed and how much those CBTs really wanted to do this. And it's not only just them. I put out a call for speakers to help provide CE for our members so that we could get our name out there even more. If I can advertise fantastic CE, for instance, Liz Houston, bless her heart, yeah. friend of the show. Her time. Yeah, yeah, she, she has agreed to do a lecture for, you know, a race approved lecture for our members. So many other people, Jeff Backus from the Vet Tech Cafe podcast, he's volunteered. So many smart people, like very amazing technicians um, have volunteered to help us. So it's not just the people in Arizona. It's people from all over the country that have really like put their, put their hat in to help us and to get us started. Okay. So what does that look like? So right now, where are you? You're, you're getting membership together. You know, how are you out there soliciting other, you know, RVT, CBTs in Arizona to, to join? Well, so far, we have just under 100 members, which for a few weeks kind of blows yeah. my mind that we even have that many. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Um, we have been advertising. We have about a year of CE every month. We have a different speaker and a different topic. And just by putting that out there, we've gained a, a bunch of members because we're making those events free to our members. Um, and that's about a year's worth. So that's going to get their licenses covered pretty much. Um, what their, their CE that's required. And pretty much everything so far has been social media. Um, we have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram. Um, our website has helped us a lot get, our, get the word out there, um, which is azvta.org in case anybody wants to stop by. Um, and so far, we haven't had to put a dime into advertising, but we are knowing eventually we need to get in front of more technicians. But it's so far... We've been so grateful for the people who have donated their time and their efforts to help. Right. And right now, again, if you live in Arizona and you're a licensed veterinary technician, just go join. It's like 20 bucks and you're a mm -hmm. charter member and this is going to make instrumental change moving forward. The other thing, ooh, too, ooh, you know, ooh, I'd like ooh. to... Sorry, or if you're a veterinarian in Arizona and you employ CVTs, I think ah, this is better. a great yes. benefit that you should even be better. extending to your team. I like it. Well, Stephanie, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, uh, I, you know, there, and I, I think we touched on it briefly a few months back when it dropped here on the on the viewfinder. But there's a program in Arizona where the state legislator has allocated funds to basically encourage incentivize vets to come to Arizona. I think that you may want to make a play for that money too, right? Have you guys considered those kind of programs to to try to get, you know, because I've, I've got lots of friends out there in Arizona and I know they are struggling to get vets and vet tech. So have you thought about maybe, you know, using this power of, of the organization to take to the legislature? We haven't yet. That's a fantastic idea though. And this is another occasion where somebody has done something to help us just keep going. It's just been a fountain of ideas, um, both from us and from those around us. And it's things like that that help us and point it out to us. There's a huge shortage 
like there is ever, all across the country, but we need veterinarians, we need CVTs. Um, where I work at Midwestern University at the College of Veterinary Medicine, we're short-staffed, even though it's a fantastic opportunity. And um, whoever can help us, we're, we're open to suggestions, and that is fantastic. I love it. I, you know, along those lines of uh, legislative support and, um, oh, I first, I do want to say also, uh, Gurnick Academy is accredited in Arizona. And so if you are looking <laughs> to right. send your kids to school from your practice, send them over to me. Um, shameless plug, but besides that, tell me about what the support has looked like for you. Cause obviously that's where I'm at is like, you had this VMA who had auxiliary membership for you, right? But how have they supported you guys branching off on your own? Are they excited Ooh, and supporting and promoting? Uh, are they indifferent? What What are you getting from your colleagues in the profession who, um, you know, may or may not like the advancement of techs? I'm interested. What's a feeling? Well, it's interesting that you asked me that. I'm not really sure how it's going to look with the VMA. Um, I did have a long, you know, a longer conversation with them where I think they were just trying to gauge what our goals are. And during that conversation, um, the very nice people that I spoke to kind of kept going back to, that's all great, but is it best for the profession? And my, my initial reaction was, well, we are part of the profession and those goals should be everybody's goals for t CVTs to be paid fairly and to be recognized as somebody who has passed the VTE and has that level of knowledge that warrants being recognized. Um, having the term veterinary technician refer to somebody who has gone through those steps and has an appropriate level of knowledge to monitor anesthesia and do things like that. And I think the fact that we eventually want to see title protection, but not only that scope of practice so that we know who's doing what in practices. I think that's scary, um, especially in Arizona, that it's going to be detrimental to practices and how they operate. Wow, Stephanie, you know, it's it's so fascinating and, and really upsetting to continue to hear the same arguments being made 30 years in. Like this is what you just outlined right there, the resistance to vet techs. I mean, because I was there when vet techs started. I mean, is, is this good for the long-term health of the profession? You know, we're going to run people off. We're not going to be able to hire people. I mean, they're still using the same excuses, Becky, 30 years later. I mean, what do we do? <laughs> you know, so my new my new solution to this has become imposing a deadline for credentialing. And we've done this, right? But we get this pushback. I just don't have enough staff to to fulfill the you know, the, the yeah, to, to yeah. fill the limitations that you're putting on me. So, um, you know, my new thing is, is that it, it, it's the responsibility of the veterinary medical boards to say, then you have three to five years, you know, five years to get your staff credentialed because there is plenty of opportunity for education. It's like we're blind to all these opportunities to educate, and we just keep saying, like, oh, I don't know, there's not enough. And I think they're just afraid of the effect it'll have on rural, you know, large right, animal practices yeah, in yeah. Arizona. And it's just, it's fear. And I know since there is a shortage of CVTs, they feel they're not going to find one, and if they find one, they don't know if they can afford to pay them. And I get that perspective, but at the same time, that's why the EZVTA happened because we want to see that eventually change and see them accept us as an important part of a practice. 
Right, but again, I'm going to continue to fight for title protection. That has nothing to do with, that doesn't threaten you in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't affect who you hire or not. It just starts by saying you can't call yourself certain things unless you really are that certain thing. I just got to get that in, Becky. No, I think it's really, I mean, it's essential for that title protection to just say, like, you don't need to be ashamed of being an assistant. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't have my license or my credentials, so therefore I am called an assistant. I don't... I don't think you're a less than person. I don't think you're a less skilled person. Just get off my credential. You didn't earn it. And that's the thing. And full disclosure, I am a product of that pathway that I didn't attend any, you know, an accredited program because at the time it was either too expensive or I was working full time and I didn't feel like I could get it all done. Um, but I was able to take the VT&E because I had a certain amount of experience. That was how it was in Arizona. You could sit for the VT&E if you had a certain amount of experience. So it's not that there aren't amazing, amazing staff members with awesome skills that aren't certified in Arizona. That's not the issue. Um, I just think that it's we're never going to move forward if we don't have that title protection. And like you said, it's not asking for much. Honestly, I give a lot of credit to folks who can take the VTNE based off of experience. I went to school for two years to learn how to pass that right, baby. Right. Um, I was terrified to take it. I don't. I didn't do extraordinary, and I didn't do terrible. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a mid level test taker. So somebody who can, I, I honestly have argued a lot of the people who learn in practice have had to work really hard too. Like they have to go back and look those things up in books and they have to go learn more about them when they encounter them. There's a lot of self-initiation and learning. And I would have to say probably great doctors that you work with who are interested in educating you for you to be able to go and take that exam that we study very hard for and still pass it. So I don't knock folks who have gone the alternate route. You, you, You sat and you passed the test, you gained the knowledge somewhere you did the initiative. I understand that that is sort of a quote unquote compromise, but at this point I'm like, at least try to take my test. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're going to take my credential, then you at least have to put some effort in to earning that credential. And that is proving a certain level of knowledge, just like you did. Well, yeah. And I appreciate that because that is not something that's really talked about when you think about, you know, those alternate pathways. But honestly, now that we're at the point where we want to push for everybody to have gone to an accredited program. I don't really recommend it for anybody. Like you said, everything that I've learned, I've had to just make a huge effort to remember it and apply it and use it in my day-to-day work. And it it's not easy. And the opportunity to go to school is actually supposed to make it easier for you. It's supposed to make you feel prepared. And you definitely do not get that when you're just trying to scrape together all the knowledge that you need. And I've just been super lucky to be at Midwestern University. I've learned so much in the time that I've worked there, um, but not everybody gets the opportunity to have somebody teach you every day and get paid to learn every day. Yeah. Right. Well, and one thing too, I want to point out viewfinders is the the fact that, and just like with Liz Houston talking about with collective bargaining and unions and all that, people do fear it when people start to collect. Okay. So right now what you're starting to hear a little bit is, okay, Stephanie's getting together a lot of licensed veterinary technicians and saying, look, you know, we want to make things better. We want to preserve things. We want to make, you know, change. Right. And people are going, "Uh Oh, when people get together, they can really do things. And so, you know, Stephanie, again, I applaud you. You've got to continue to this fight. You know, this is for the right thing. 
I think that the other thing is people often use extreme arguments, right? You know, so like they're going to paint the most dire rural situation where you're going to put them out of business. And guess what? That is the 0.1% of all things. And you can figure out how to work around that if you need to. And and I, I just applaud you for, again, you know, getting the work done. Well, I was just going to say, too, that it, it, it I applaud everybody in Arizona who has stepped up and done this because I think especially when you live in states that don't require credentials and don't even bother to protect your credentials, you're really working for your own pride in what you're doing. But then you have these hundreds of people who collectively said, oh, yes, yes, we want to be organized and represented and we want to fight for our profession. Um and anytime people take their own initiative and energy and care, like like that's a lot of passion and passionate yeah, people out there yeah. in Arizona. So hopefully, be a lot of folks in Arizona listening. And I'm like, I just want to say, for what it's worth, little old me out here in North Carolina, super proud of you. And I'm like <laughs> proud that you're part of our profession. And um, and I and I hope that you strongly encourage folks around you to be um, you know, part of this. And to that point, Stephanie, what does membership look like for Arizona? So do you guys allow associate memberships, veterinarians here in North Carolina? Anybody can join, just only technicians have voting rights. What's it look like for you guys? So we have a couple of different categories um, besides active membership, obviously, for CBTs. Um, we kind of put not a catch-all type of membership, but advocates that are just interested in helping um, and being present for us. Um, Liz Houston applied to be that, which is amazing. We appreciate her efforts so much. Um, and we also have, so veterinarians in other states, just people who just want to cheer us on, we do have um, a category just for that. And then we also have a student membership because we really do want to reach out to students and kind of get them while they're young, so to speak, and just let them know that we're working towards making Arizona a great place to work and um, just involving them and try to get student chapters, um, that type of thing organized. Um, So at that point, we can just make them feel like they have a future and that they don't have to worry about not making enough money to, to live and make ends meet. And then we also kind of put together a place on our website for sponsorship. If there's, um, companies or entities that just want to support us, there's an opportunity to be a sponsor as well on our website. Yeah, I love that. And again, those are all much needed initiatives. But one thing I want to just go back to, you know, you mentioned that you're doing these monthly continuing education. Since you're not recognized in Arizona, like, what are the CE requirements? Like, how does that work in a state like Arizona? So, so far, we have had volunteers that are willing to to be the race provider and allow those presentations to be race approved, um, which is great because it applies to, you know, several different types of credit that you might need for CE. Um, but eventually, when hopefully very soon, because we have committee meetings come up to coming up to make this happen, is um, to get the state of Arizona to recognize the CE events that we have um, just so that they apply to our license renewals. So if you submit that you have, you know, very qualified people like a VCS and different and different principles that when they're providing that CE for us, that it will at least apply to our renewal requirements. Any idea on how many licensed vet techs there are in Arizona? Like, I just have no idea the scope of, of, of what you're, you know, up against here and what you, your potential is. You know, I'm sad to say I actually don't know the number just yet. Um, thankfully, one of our board members is also the sitting CVT on our examining board, which is amazing. So we 
hopefully have bridged that gap so that we can, you know, get ourselves in front of that board and let them know, you know, what we want to do eventually and kind of have a good relationship with them. Um, so I think that's um, a great way to find out what those numbers are and how we can get those CBTs to try to create that community for us. And, and one other thing too, because I, I want to, it really needs to be emphasized here. I mean, Arizona has a lot of things going on. And we mentioned that, you know, Serling is, is head of the, or started, helped start up the App State Vet Tech Program. You are working at the new vet school. I mean, there's a lot of kind of excitement and energy and really growth in the veterinary profession out there. So, I mean, I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, I'm surprised that this is now just being a thing, but boy, you know, you guys, you guys are poised to take off, I think. Yeah, we, uh, we were the first College of Veterinary Medicine in Arizona, and I'm so proud of our program. We have a great program. Um, and there's also a second vet school that I think right. has just taken on their first class of students as well. So I'm hoping that that is just a boom for vet med in Arizona. It would be amazing to have a lot of those students stay in Arizona to kind of help that problem of the shortages we have. And I'm hoping that it also draws great technicians here too, because now we have really great uh, vet med programs for them to work at and, and work with these great veterinarians that we're graduating. Yeah. And again, you know, as we wrap up today's conversation, I do want to go back to number one, what are the things that people in Arizona can do to help you today? So I want you to answer that part of the question first. But the second thing is, what advice would you give to someone who's listening in another state that maybe they don't have good title protection, or maybe they're not as well organized or don't have a voice like you? You know, are there any bits of advice that you've learned on your journey that might help them accelerate their, their quest? Yeah, here in Arizona, um, it is, it is very truly in its infancy for the Arizona Vet Tech Association. We are just getting started. If there's organizations or businesses that want to help by offering discounts to our members, um, some kind of support or service to our members, any, any little benefit we can give them to encourage them to become part of the conversation and part of our organization would be so helpful. Um, and outside of Arizona, I'm not sure how many states there are left that don't have that representation. I don't think it's too many. I think most states have a VTA, um, but I'm hearing from other presidents and other board members that they don't get a lot of engagement necessarily. They don't have, they make all these efforts and sometimes they don't see the engagement that they need to keep that VTA going. Um, so if you're in a state that has a VTA, get involved with it contact them, see if they can use committee service, if they can um, if they can use help with events, even if you don't want to commit to committee service because it is a donation of your time. And that's why we appreciate our board so much. Um, so just reach out to them, see how you can get involved because moving forward in vet med, it's going to take all of us to make any positive change. Well, it, it, I, to that point, it every time we go to veterinary medical boards or associations or even benefit sponsors, the, the, the first question is how many members do you have? So it's like you have to have members to get benefits and benefits to get members. And so it's a vicious cycle. It sounds like your um, membership is really affordable. Again, I highly encourage employers. This is you expect your employer to pay your association dues. We would expect it as well as professionals. So um, I think it's, it would be a wonderful gift for your technicians. Uh, 
you know, Tech Week's coming up. Get ready to celebrate. I agree. Well, Viewfinders, we will have all the links uh, in the show notes on how you can get involved with the Arizona Veterinary Technician Association. Just go to azvta.org. That's a good start. I really want to thank Stephanie Perry, CVT, VTS, and Dentistry for for spending time with us today and sharing her story, but most importantly, for making change in the world. So, Stephanie, again, thank you so much on behalf of the entire Viewfinder family. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys taking the time to try to help us out. We appreciate it so much. We are super proud of what you're doing. Yeah. What do you guys think about this new Veterinary Technician Association? What do you think about title protection in general? Do you think we should be pushing more toward that or should we just leave it the way it is? I'd really like to hear your thoughts. And Becky, how could they share their thoughts with us? Well, I guess they could head over to Facebook and Instagram for Veterinary Viewfinder. They can tweet at VetViewfinder and they can shoot me an email over at VeterinaryViewfinder at gmail.com. That's right, guys. Thank you so much. And thanks to Stephanie for making change. And you stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.